Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. We are laboring to rediscover the ancient way. We're not laboring by fleshly, natural works that are too much for us to bear. We're not risking being burned out. We are walking as men according to the Spirit, fueled by the Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, through Yeshua Messiah. We are in His yoke. It's not too burdensome. It's not too heavy. But there is a yoke, friends. It's light. It's easy. But we have got to get through our understanding that yes and amen, there is still a yoke to be within. There is laboring for us to do. The harvest is ready. But what? There are few laborers, workers. Let's just resolve once and for all, shall we, that there is something to be done. There is something to tend to in the here and now as followers of the Messiah. The finished work reality is yes and amen, so that, so that we can walk as he walked. Now listen, this morning I want to share a couple things. Um, as I'm driving out to work, I, I literally just just sat in the truck for a few moments and I just didn't really feel anything right on the surface um, of readiness to present today. Um, my prayer time this morning was admittedly just kind of all over the place. I wouldn't say there was anything focused with clear direction, topically speaking. And so I just sat in the truck and, all right, Lord, here we are again. There will be people who listen to this recording scattered all throughout the world, literally. Not hundreds of thousands of people, but there will be people in different places of their journey, in different geographic locations that are hungry to hear the word of the Lord in however way it comes. So, Lord, let me be a messenger of what you're saying. And so this is where I landed a few moments ago right before I put it in drive and headed out. And I want to I pose some questions to you. There is a... a a stream of thought that I have been staying in for weeks now that I want to kind of stay on the fringes of. But I want to ask you a question. I'm trying to think of exactly how to word it. But let me ask you this. How do you know that you are being sanctified into the image and, and the likeness of the sun. How do you know that for sure, friend? Like, how do you know for certain that you, day by day, incrementally, maturing, changing, picking things up and laying things down, setting yourself apart, coming out from the patterns of the world, Becoming more and more distinguishable in places unseen now. I'm not just talking about 
not being a, a, a worldly, external man. This, this outside-only business, you know, I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about our heart's condition. How do we know for certain that we are actually in the inside hidden places now, in our own conscience, becoming more and more like Yeshua Messiah? How can we know for sure? How do we know for absolute certain that is in fact what we're doing? And friends, I would say this is just a good question for us to think on because if we don't do that with regularity... We risk just kind of wandering, spiritual meandering about. It's not the straight way. I would say it's not the narrow straight way at all. It's just, it's just the meandering wide way that, that, dare we say, millions of people have walked and are presently walking. It's not hard doesn't require much of us. It sure doesn't demand a constant assessing of our spiritual condition. It's easy. Many a Christian have done that and are presently doing that today. It's, it's, it doesn't require much of us to simply be a patriotic Christian American. You go to church... You live kind of moral. You raise pretty good kids. You're trying. Hey, I'm trying, right? I'm trying to be good. Not much need for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in a life to just be a good Christian American. And so that's not what we're aiming for, and I guess that's what I'm saying. What is our trajectory according to what it is we're aiming to attain, achieve, and, and ultimately just become. What is our goal? If our goal is simply to be moral, that has nothing to do with the sanctification process. Many a man that I know personally outside of salvation, outside of regeneration, are good moral men. We're not talking about good behavior now. We're not talking about mere behavioral modification for ourselves or for our children. We're talking about heart condition. And so in light of that, how, friend, do you know that you are actually being found in the likeness of the Messiah? Okay, so this is what I want to talk about out of that for the next couple of minutes. And, and again... And I'll go back, um, I guess, two weeks now um, when I presented some stuff that came on the scene in my life that, in summary, is just the, the belief that we in Yeshua have the right to respond to violence with violence. We have the right, we have the God-given authority, and it's actually respectable and valiant for a man to protect himself, protect his belongings, and protect his family. Um, I have given myself, I would like to say, pretty hard and heavy, pretty hard, wholeheartedly the last two weeks for the Scripture and for the Spirit of the Lord to prove me wrong, that I do not agree with that, biblically now. Again, this opposes 
my natural thinking. Before I was born again, I could easily respond um, in, in rightful self-defense. Many a man says, hey, don't come here and threaten me or my family. I'm locked and loaded, friend. I will take you out. Look, that's the pattern of the world. The whole world operates in that mindset of defend yourself at all costs. It's not a godly characteristic. No one can argue that point. No one has ever argued that point with me. No one has had any debate with me along these lines and been able to rightfully say, hey, only the people who are in God and the followers of Yeshua Messiah walk in such a manner. But see, here's the thing, friends. The people who say it's no longer I that live and my life is now hidden in Christ with God, I, don't, I still yet don't understand in any way biblically how we can defend this life that we say is no longer our own. If my life is really the possession of Yahweh God, how in the world do I take it back into my own hands and therefore defend myself, taking your life, ending your life because you're threatening mine? I think there's just something that's just so mysterious within this about the, the millions, <laughs> the millions of professing believers who believe their lives are A, hidden in Christ, with Christ in God, and they're no longer their own, but if you threaten them, they will terminate your life in a second. In an instance, they will defend what is theirs by ending your life. I Man, that is such a weird mystery to me. And I know I'm strange in that. I know that's very, that's considered, you know, I'm labeled, well, brother, you just don't value your family. Like, you don't value what God's given you. Now, friend, listen to what I'm saying. I value what God has given me so much that it is continually His responsibility. It's more than I can bear. It's more than I'm supposed to carry. Why? I have so many spiritual responsibilities in my household. I am the priest of my home. I am. Nobody can argue that out of me. Nobody can de debate that I do not walk in the government of God authority over my household over my possessions now, but they're not my own. Every single thing that is, quote, mine is an absolute surrender unto God himself. It is his. My son is his. My wife is his. And as I am always saying as of late, like, if I don't wrestle against flesh and blood and I know that the only thing that creates evil in a man is the principalities and powers that cannot be seen, if I shoot and kill a man, what in the world am I doing to the principalities and powers that actually are the, the, the absolute fuel and function behind that man? That man is a mere temporal house of flesh. Am I harming the principality and power in any way? By eliminating a mere man? Am I assaulting darkness? Am I waging war against the evils of this world by killing mere natural vapor of a man? 
I don't get it. I don't understand. Okay, so I'm getting sidetracked already because, again, this is just, man, this is just such a surface-level thing for me. It really does baffle me. I can't tell you how many hours I've spent praying over the last couple weeks saying, Lord, man, if I'm wrong, because most every single person around me, almost, now there are brothers, praise the Lord, that are, that are in agreement with me, that believe, that really wholeheartedly believe like I do along these lines. And I'm not looking for camaraderie of doctrine because I need a pat on the back, but I'm just, I know I'm not entirely alone. But 90% of all Christians believe that you can be in Messiah and stand up and end the life of any man who threatens your life that's supposedly in Messiah. I don't understand. I don't understand. My life is a blade of grass. Oh, I don't understand. Okay, have I made that clear yet that I don't understand? <laughs> okay. So this is, this is a verse I want to talk about for a few minutes. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Okay, and so I, I started it all, this off by saying, how do we know we're in his likeness? How do we know, okay, so let's, let's like make this real precise according to what I just shared. How do we know that we are in the likeness of the resurrection of Messiah? Okay, so what is his resurrection? Victory overcoming no rival none beside him surely no above him none above him he rightly took his place seated and throned over all of creation he purchased mankind he conquered the the great adversary he descended into Hades. He set captives free. Man, we could go on and on and on. Okay, so the power of the resurrection. And if we want to be, what? Powerful. If we want to be victorious. If we want to be overcomers in the likeness of his resurrection. Because can we not say that is the likeness of his, rec of his resurrection? Would be, okay, we like him are overcomers. We're victorious. Okay, let's go back to Revelation. The ones who are victorious over the great adversary are the ones who are what? Sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb and have a word of their testimony. That is their power. That is their source of victory. That is the overcoming agent of an overcomer in Yeshua Messiah. The blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And so right here in Romans 6... In verse five, verse 5, it says, if, okay, if, let's underline it, let's make that all caps, let's highlight it and everything we can do. If we have become, an, if we have become united with Messiah in the likeness of his death, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay, so there is a prerequisite here, friends. We cannot just, okay, I say this all the time in different doctrines and different texts of the scriptures, that we miss the fullness, we miss the pattern when we're given a pattern, we miss the formula, if you will, in the sense of when you do this, this promise is true for you. When you do this, you can walk in this. And this is one of those things. If 
you have become united with him in the likeness of his death. Okay, so let's, let's stop there for just a mere moment, shall we? I would say without question now, without question, the church gets the latter part. Oh, yes and amen, I want to be just like him in the likeness of his resurrection, in the sense of, now they may not word it that way, of course, but I would say the rhetoric of the church, again, I'm 46 years old, I have been in the church most of my life, okay, in, de- in, in an Man, how many denominations? How many movements? I don't even want to keep track. Okay? I think it's common understanding by the rhetoric and the verbiage of the church that they, in fact, of course, make it crystal clear that they want to be in the likeness of his resurrection. They want power. They want victory. They want authority. They want to take out the enemy. They want to be the best in their job. They want their children to be the best at basketball. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Move out of my way. I'm telling y'all, we've got to be careful. If we're going to brag that we're God's people, if we're going to brag that we are in the path of Messiah, friends, we've got to examine ourselves hard. We better be careful that we're not arrogant, that we don't think, hey, Okay, now, this is for, listen, I believe this is for every denomination and movement I have been in for my whole life. This permeates the church. I don't care whether you're Baptist and you sit there with your hands folded and you don't even exhale loud enough for someone to hear you because it would be out of order. I don't care if you are Anglican and you're, and you're kneeling and repeating. I don't care if you're Messianic and you're waving a flag and you're You're praising the Lord for how you know Torah? Listen, this is for everyone. This is for everyone, myself included. We we had better be careful that we are not trying to walk in the second part of that text without accomplishing and fulfilling the first. Do you hear what I'm saying? Please listen, friend, in what I'm saying. And not just as the words I'm saying. This is... This is instructions for God's people now. This is not optional. This is simple. This is, you will not be part two of this verse in Romans if you do not do part one. If you do not do part one, you will not be part two. If you don't join into the likeness of his death, you will not be in the likeness of his resurrection, friend. You cannot supersede and override the pattern of God that he himself stated. You cannot just get to being in the likeness and the power and the victory and the overcoming, exuberant Christ's life resurrection unless you join into the likeness of his death. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, so what's the likeness of his death, friend? This could seriously be a three-part series. Easy. He was beaten. How did he respond? He was accused. How did he respond? He was mocked. How did he respond? He was called the enemy 
which he came to absolutely unequivocally defeat and did, how did he respond? He was offered the entire kingdoms of the world. How did he respond? He was flogged. He was stripped naked. He was beaten beyond comprehension of a man. You could, not even under, you could not even discern his visage. You could not understand even who is that. Is that, is that Yeshua? Friends, do we understand? And we think that we have the right to walk in the power of his resurrection to fuel us to arm ourselves in case someone wants to come onto my property and steal my four-wheeler. I have the right in Yeshua to take that man out. Friends, we've got to be sober-minded. Oh my gosh, we've got to let this go deep into us. I would say we have ascended in knowledge and we think that we could just walk in the power of the resurrection void of the power of his death. You cannot walk in the likeness of his resurrection, friend, unless you walk in the likeness of his death. That's what I learned in my immersion. My baptism changed my life because I realized that in my absolute abandonment of my entire will and way to the point where I looked like a fool, I found the power of his resurrection. I found the power of his resurrection. Where? In my yielded will. Into your hands, Father, Yahweh, eternal, I commit my spirit. Friends, when we, if you did that, if you committed your spirit, your eternal being, your innermost place, the scripture talks about it being the cardia of a man, that most inner place that lives eternal and cannot be touched now, if you surrendered that and if, if you committed that spirit to the, the God of all gods, how in the world do we defend that place? If it's no longer mine, if I joined into his death, what is left for me to defend? What's left for me to stand up and defend? My life is not my own. <laughs> I don't, man, I am so baffled at the doctrine of self-defense that's scripturally defended. I cannot make one lick of sense out of it. Because friends, ultimately, first and foremost, final, draw the line, pull the curtain, turn off the lights. We are called in this age to walk as Yeshua Messiah walked. Did he ever harm a human being? Well, he let them take a sword out, you know, and they went to the garden and they had a sword, and so there's a reason he gave them a sword. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm not fighting that, that, that little 
argument there, but we're not told why. Everything out of that scripture is assumption, presumption about, well, they must have been ready for battle. Why would they have taken a sword, brother? Look, are we told why they did? Are we told that they took the, took the swords to defend themselves? No, we are not told that in any way. So we know in fact, 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 black and white, it was not spelled out in any way that it was taken to be used as a weapon of self-defense. What we do know is simple. What do we know? The sword was yielded in violence. It was wielded in violence. I wish it was yielded. That would be simple. It was wielded in violence, and Yeshua undid the violent act. Is Okay, is that not true? Is it not factually black and white true that my eight-year-old son reads that and understands that Yeshua, when the, when the sword was wielded in violence, Yeshua said, put that down and healed the wound made by the sword. We know that for absolute certain, do we not? So why can we not just go with what we are told instead of trying to figure out what we are not told? Friends, are we in path in the path of Messiah or not? We know the culmination of the ages in New Jerusalem, lying with the lamb, swords into plowshares, no violence, no tears, no fighting. Well, that's not here now, brother boy. The battle's on right now. Okay, but what are we who are on the path to Zion trying to implement now on earth as it is in heaven? I'm going to bring this to a close, and, and man... For, for today, <laughs> I saw a headline, and I again, I'll make it clear, I do not watch news. I don't watch news. I personally have the deep-seated conviction that you cannot, you cannot eat a heavy dose of Fox News, CNN News, I don't care what news, and be a spirit-led man. I, boy, is that an argument on the table, boy. Well, you got to know what's going on in the world or you're just going to be taken advantage of. Hello, my life is not my own. Here we are again. You know what educates me? The spirit. Oh, well, brother, that's just too fanatical. That's too much. Oh, well, then I will side on hearing what the spirit's saying over what Fox News is saying 5,000 times out of 5,000 times. What if you spent that hour, that second hour, that third hour that you're watching politics to pray in the Spirit towards what the Spirit is saying is true? We're not spiritual men. We're not spiritual men, brothers. Let's just face it. We're mixed. We're mixed. Some of this, some of that. Some of this, some of that. This information and spiritual information. Natural Kingdoms of men information, kingdom of God information. And it's all mixed up into one pot. And friends, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. It's just not. There's a mixing in the bride. I saw a headline. I don't know. It's probably been a week or two. It's after, you know, the U.S. went and took out the bad guy in Iran. And everybody wants to cheer and shout. And 
post on Facebook how awesome this nation is because we're executing God's justice. Well, you know what the response was of, uh, what is it, uh, Ayatollah Khomeini? The headline I read, who knows if it's true, right? Who knows? He said, look, basically, in summary, you hit us, we hit you back. Friends, do you hear that? You hit us, we will hit you back. Hey, guess what? That is the message of the modern day church. That's the message of Christian America. You hit us, we're going to hit you back, and we're not just going to hit you back, we're going to hit you back five times harder because we're America. Friends, we've got to be careful. We are trying to walk in the power of the resurrection, which overcomes and obliterates every single thing, but we're not doing it according to the pattern of God. You crawl up on that cross, and you crawl into the sight of Messiah, and you die. You join into the likeness of his death. And guess what, friends? That's the only way the power of the resurrection is coming to you or me or any other man. Is what? Through joining with the likeness of his death. No rebuttal. No defense. No fighting. No retaliation. No violence. He was what, friends? He was a lamb led to the slaughter. Are you a lamb led to the slaughter, friend? Let's just bring this to a close right here and right now. Have you seen a baby lamb? There are sheep farms all around our property. And some of them are are having lambs right now. Friend, listen to what I'm saying. Have you ever seen a newborn lamb? There isn't one shred, there isn't one ounce of strength in that animal. It's the cutest, softest, most tender animal I think that you will ever see in your whole life. Listen to what I'm saying, friends. Why in the world are we told by God's eternal word that he was a lamb led to the slaughter? No violence. No retaliation. No self-explanation needed because his power was before him. His power was even within his death. The kingdom is upside down, friends. If you're not careful, you're going to be the elect swept away. Do you hear what I'm saying? You will be swept away, friends. I will be swept away by the patterns of this fallen world who says, you know what, blood for blood. You hit me, I'm hitting you. I'm in Christ Jesus, you know. I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, friends, we better be so careful to listen to the exhortation of Paul in Romans to say, you know what? The power is in the joining with the likeness of his death. If we don't go his pattern, we're going alone. I'm going to bring this to a close right here. I absolutely promise. My wife and I were talking this morning about just the scriptural pattern of even the most fierce battles now, the Old Testament blood and guts like, man, oh man, what do you do with these things? It hurts, right? The violence. Do we understand that those battles were according to the instruction of Yahweh God? 
And often men were outnumbered 200 to 1 and won a battle. Well, why? Because the battle was the Lord's. It was not about their strength. It was not about their physical prowess. It was not about their natural kingdom armies. It was about the battle is the Lord's. Friends, they blew shofars and walls fell down. We're not talking about natural strength and natural abilities. We've got to get that through our brains. We've made it about gunpower, manpower, and natural kingdom strength in Jesus. I would say with great, great conviction, this is off. It's out of order. Friends, read that scripture in, in, in Romans 6 and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. If you want to walk in the power of his resurrection, in his likeness, all the attributes that Yeshua Messiah was after his victorious conquering of death in the grave, you have got to walk in the likeness of his death. Period. Period. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. I'm telling you, this is narrow. This is so narrow. I'm telling you, nobody wants this road. Few want it. Few want it. It's so offensive. Few want it. I'm telling you, my strength, man, it's not mine. I got nothing for you. You know what? You want this truck? You know, brother, take it. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you in the spirit that you're just arrested by the same spirit of God that arrested me and dragged me out of my own horrendous, evil wretchedness. But you know what? Here's the keys, friend. Here's the keys. You want to take a gas in it, brother? Drive to a church and let someone pray for you if you won't let me pray for you. Brother, this isn't mine. I don't live for this kingdom. You know what? Here, there's some snack bars in the back. Eat those if you're hungry. Just take it. I don't even care. My life is not my own. I'm telling you, I mean that. I don't know why. I don't know why. It makes it brands me a ridiculous pacifist idiot in a lot of circles, in most. But you know what? Hey, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom, friends. I'm an alien here. Boy, is that becoming crystal clear. Are you an alien or are you walking in the patterns of the world? We've got to know. Join into the likeness of his death, friends, and then the promises and everything that is entailed in being in the likeness of his resurrection is for you. It's for you, but it's got to be according to his ways. Amen.